you clap, right? I clap, you clap? I clap. Good. Hello and welcome to the Magic Wings Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series, Winks Club. I'm Brendan, Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today we are watching Season 2, Episode 3, Rescue Mission. The original Italian title is the same, and it aired April 26th, 2005. The four kids version of the episode is titled Into the Underrealm and aired on September 24th of 2005. Before we get into the episode, we do have some brief news, some very exciting brief news uh, from Fate the Wink Saga. I did uh-huh. tweet this out, uh, our Twitter, which is at Magic Winks Pod, just to get that social plug in at the top. <laughs> there have been three new characters cast for season two. So... In the uh, role of Gray, we have Brandon Grace. In the role of Sebastian, we have Ana Hardwick. And in the role of Flora, we have Paulina Chavez. Wait a minute. That sounds like a distinctly not whitewashed name. That's right. Uh, We have our second American member of the main cast. Paulina Chavez is going to be playing Flora. So I guess they did end up listening to the fans clamoring that we want Flora. Woo! Now, Techna, please. Uh, I could see Techna being in season three. Can I get my cyber boss girlfriend? Cyber boss 2077. <laughs> <laughs> she's great once you get to know her, but she's riddled with bugs because of the rush job. Wait, hold on. Does that mean I'm not getting a girlfriend until 2077? Hmm. All right, let's let's get this up. Let's get this roast to cooking. <laughs> I was thinking that. Let's get this roast to cooking. Uh, we begin at Althea, where Aisha wakes up in the infirmary, stumbles out of bed, and throws open the curtains to see that Piff is flying around outside, unsupervised. Yeah, we don't have any spare rooms, so just sleep in this open infirmary with a demon fish. It's a very weird-looking fish, but she has been, like, in and out of a coma for the last week or so. so- I know, but there's, like, a bunch of beds in the same room. It's like a tuberculosis hospital. <laughs> like a good big sister, Aisha panics because the baby is unsupervised. <laughs> and she has a brief run-in with Nut in the hallway. And, like, she's terrified, and he's awkward, and they just kind of stare at each other. other. (laughs) Yeah, Nut just kind of shuffles out of the way. Uh, That scene got cut out of the four kids dub, because it really doesn't do anything. I completely forgot that it was cut out of the four kids dub. That's how useless Nut is right now. Uh, And then uh, Aisha gets reprimanded by the school nurse for being out of bed. (laughs) Uh, And Farragonda is with the school nurse, probably just, you know, shooting the bus, and um, tells Aisha that she knows Aisha's parents. Not surprising, considering their, you know, royalty. And Farragonda be old as balls. She's old, and she's also kind of an important figure in the magical 
uh, world. Uh, Aisha breaks the chit-chat by asking which way the garden is because she needs to go get Pith, who is flying while asleep, which is terrifying. I mean, she has a built-in, like, airbag with her hat. It is a very large hat, but she's also still a baby. I know. it's That's her safety helmet. Uh, Aisha sprints off to... Uh, and but she gets lost for a little bit. Now this is very funny. In the <laughs> she, so she bowls this girl over. <laughs> now in the Cinelum tub, this girl said she got the answers to next week's test. Cheating fairies get the hip check of shame. And in the four kids dub, it was her very first A. <laughs> uh, and also a uh, four kids dub. Layla apologizes. Uh, Aisha does not. She just bowls her over. And also, important to note, uh, she's still in her pajamas, which are actually really cute. PJs, no shoes at all. Uh, I feel like if she was wearing, like, just, like, a pair of pants, she could wear that as a regular top. Because it's, like, with poofy shorts. It almost looks like a shirt we sell at work. Uh, Piff leads Aisha like through the whole school there's one point where i thought aisha was going to jump through an open window and she didn't and i wondered why she didn't like it was it was not that far off the ground and she's a gymnast but uh eventually piff flies through an open window in whizgiz's classroom during a lecture and as she plummets from the sky aisha makes a a baseball style diving save is it just me, or is Piff weirdly small now? I think this might be a thing we're going to have to deal with with the Pixies, where they're inconsistently sized. Because she was the same size as all the other Pixies the last time we saw her. And now she can, like, fit in Aisha's palm. It almost looks like she squished Piff like a bug when she caught her. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just going to be one of those things where they can't tell how small the Pixies are supposed to be. Or maybe we're going to get lucky and it's extremely consistent that Piff is smaller than the other Pixies because she's a baby. Uh, in the Cinelum dub, Wizgiz criticizes Aisha for, or not criticizes, reprimands Aisha for interrupting the lecture. and Because I guess he hasn't kind of been informed that this whole situation is going on with her. As far as Wizgiz is concerned, she's just a random student who wandered into his classroom and caught a pixie. Yeah, the the four kids dub doesn't have that happen. And in fact, puts this next scene like five minutes later. This four kids episode very confused me. In Farragonda's office, Aisha, now fully clothed and ready for the day, explains what's going on with the pixies and how she ended up at Alfia. Farragonda is concerned that Darkhar is trying to extort information from the Pixies and finds the fact that he can absorb magic from other spellcasters uh, kind of alarming as well. To be fair. That's really scary. We already had one group of teenagers try to steal the dragon flame. Aisha asks if Farragonda has any idea who he might be, but... Despite his very distinct look and skill set, Farragonda doesn't. She just knows that rescuing the Pixies is a top priority. Now this scene made me very mad in 4Kids. Because the entire scene does a 180. 
It's really weird in Four Kids, and I don't know why they made this decision. Like, on one hand, I like it. On the other hand, I very much hate it. Farragonda calls the Winx to an empty classroom and explains that she's organizing the mission to rescue the Pixies. Stella immediately asks if this means that they'll still get credit for any classes missed while rescuing them. And Farragonda's like, all you think about is what you'll get out of this. Fair question, actually. (laughs) And I'm just like, is there no one better for the job? Maybe people who, oh, I don't know, graduated magic college? Yeah, Stella then asks why the professors won't be handling the mission, which Farragonda is, you know, valid as well. And explains that the professors are needed in case of an emergency on campus. And she also stresses that fighting this new enemy unprepared is a bad idea. And that rescuing the Pixies is, again, a top priority. During this scene in the Cineloom dub, Tecna, I forget what the context was, but her Canadian really jumps out at us. Because she says against instead of against. And like, who are you, Frank Welker and his treasure? Flipping over to four kids for a hot second, the Winks are all gung-ho about going to rescue the Pixies, and Farragonda's like, it's too dangerous. The Shadow Haunt is unpredictable. No, we'll be able to do it. You can't do it. Like, what? There's a really weird 180. Like, I like that the girls are taking initiative in four kids, but this is a really weird time to do that. You're creating conflict where there really isn't any? Right. Anyway, Aisha will be serving as their guide since she knows her way around the Underdark a little bit, and Farragonda advises them to be on the lookout for any clues to Darkhar's identity. However, not all of the Winks will be going. Blue and Stella will go with Aisha, while Tecna... And Musa. I, I don't know why Aisha... I, list, <laughs> I listed Aisha twice instead of Flora! Oh no! I mean, I mean, you know... And Thieves are going to stay at Alfea. Uh... At least well, I didn't Tec- say. At least I didn't say Tecna, Terra, and, and well, Musa. Well, Tecna, Layla, and Musa will be staying. While Tecna, Flora, and Musa are going to stay at Alfia. In four kids, there's. It's you know now you you go. I'll chime in whenever the fuss this happens. So the girls aren't really keen on being split up because you know they they beat the tricks together, and they like to stay together in general. And Musa gets, like, a little bit of a bee in her bonnet because she feels like Farragonda is telling her that she and Flora won't be useful. So Farragonda demonstrates exactly why she's not sending them on the mission by throwing them into a quickly conjured, like, illusion uh, that is, like, extremely realistic and simulates the environment exactly which is really neat and i think i think in four kids technic comments that it's more sophisticated than what the hollow deck can do she asks if it's like the hollow deck and farragonda says yes ah okay <laughs> so uh they what they find out is that there is no living plant matter down there that flora can command because she can't just make plants out of nowhere and Musa's sound waves uh, could create vibrations that would destabilize the entire cave system and cause cave-ins. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bloom has a lot of raw power to work with thanks to being the holder of the dragon flame, and Stella's sunlight makes them a 
makes her a effective counter against shadow-based monsters. And Tecna is being kept back because her techno magic works best as a surveillance tool. So she's <laughs> going to be mission control. Tecna, you're best for support. Musa, Flora, time to traumatize you to get my point across. In Four Kids, Farragonda's saying that she took, like, a survivalist course before she went down to the Underdark, and only a quarter of the people who were in that course passed. The ex- so this- The reason she gives why is because... The Four Kids dub makes it an innate property of this place that it drains magic. It's not something that Darkar himself actively does. Which, go off, I guess. And that having all of your magic powers drained is fatal. Okay, work. It's like a Charmander tale. So, the girls are adamant about taking this test, which apparently Farragonda can proctor now. So Farragonda... Uh, uses her minor in ancient incantations to make this once good area of the, like, main hall or whatever into an evil cave. And she's like, by the way, if you get hurt during this test, you might actually die. So. And they pull the, they pull different footage from different parts of the episode. So Bloom, Stella, and even Aisha morph. And I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And yeah. <laughs> and then they make Techna say, I didn't even get to transform. I wasn't even in this stock footage. Yeah, my entire note for this was, what the fuss was this edit? Back in Cinelum, where uh, this thread makes sense, Farragonda reassures Musa that even if she's not good for this mission, There'll be other ones in the future where she'll probably be better suited for things that the others can't handle. And she's still a valuable part of the team. This is actually bringing a little back to um, Fate. Yeah. Where Musa was was pissed off that she wasn't able to, like, you know, fight or help them fight. And Farragonda was like, I'm sorry, Farah was like, some powers are are better suited for support. You are helping. As the girls prepare to depart, they've dressed up in a new, updated version of their sexy Indiana Jones outfits from their Swamp Trek last season. Instead of a sleeveless khaki romper, now it's a full khaki crop top and matching shorts with hiking boots. Buy our dolls. Farragonda gives Aisha a set of what are essentially Deku nuts, a one-use flashbangs that will drive away a shadow creature. Um, Farragonda says, take these seeds of light. Aisha responds, do they have magic powers? No, no they're I a snack don't... for later. <laughs> That's what I wrote down! No, I thought you'd need a snack. Of course they're magic! <laughs> They'll also have backup from Sky and Brandon, since the three mage party is pretty fragile. I really hope somebody has proficiency in thieves' tools, uh, in case they come across a locked door. I, I think Stella might. She probably has bobby pins. We'll see. <laughs> I'm sending two of my best students who also happen to be dating the students you're sending along. Because Professor Saladin is here. Yeah, he's here for some reason. Tecna is kind of amused that it's their boyfriends who've been picked, and jokes with Aisha that she's gonna have to make sure they don't smang in a cave. I'm fascinated that the 4Kids dub uh, didn't 
translate that as like, hey, just a heads up, you're going to be the fifth wheel here. Uh, but no, no, Aisha has to chaperone. Something I do like in Four Kids, Aisha is so over the boys, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll get we'll get to it a little later, but it's great. <laughs> this is a something that was part of Aisha's personality that was very much played up for the Four Kids dub. Aisha has issues with men, and that she doesn't very easily trust. Uh, which you know we'll get into the the background on why she has issues with that later. But in the four kids dub, they play kind of fast and loose with that because like, sure, she's the tomboy who doesn't need a guy and she's like really and she gets like really easily aggravated by them. But sometimes it slips into this very like shallow feminism. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure I'll see that later. But right now I'm like, haha, yeah, go but I'm trying I'm trying to not swear. I really am. <laughs> well, and by shallow, I mean like, you know, it's it's the way that people in 2005 thought you wrote a strong female character. But thankfully, she doesn't seem to I don't recall many instances of her doing the I'm not like other girls thing. I I got it. I'm sure I'm sure I'll see this later, but right now I'm just more happy with haha, yeah, eat dirt ribbon. Yeah, Riven deserves to be dunked on. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, Riven's here, by the way. Yeah, Riven <laughs> is here for the next, like, five minutes. I don't know why. He's not explicitly going on the mission, but I guess they didn't want Aisha using a hover bike by herself, which is kind of lame, but it is kind of funny a little later. Uh, Timmy swings the dropship around. Also, Timmy is here. That makes sense, because they need a pilot to, Riven is to get here them to- there. Right. And while the girls saddle up on the hover bikes, <laughs> Aisha insists that she's driving. In four kids, that line this line is amazing. <laughs> it's like Alright, scoot back. What? How am I gonna drive when you're sitting there? And I'm like, yes. But the fact that Riven even takes the back seat, I think, is character development. He doesn't really even seem to put up a fight. Also, Riven and uh, Musa lock eyes a little bit. Musa's kind of pissed at Aisha for talking with Riven. I don't... It's weird and I don't like it. Yeah, because I don't think Musa and Riven have officially gotten together at this point, have they? I don't think so. Yeah, Musa and Riven's relationship is just bad, but we'll eventually we'll get to it, and then thankfully we don't have to deal with it anymore at some point. Hooray! So they load the bikes into the into the dropship and take off. On board, uh, Brandon is like, he's trying to impress Aisha by telling her all the cool things that the that the ship can do, because this is a new model. It's not the same as the one we saw last season. This one looks more like a hoverboard. Cause yeah, it's got two <laughs> VTOLs on the bottom. At first, I did read it, like, almost mansplainy, but no, Brandon is just really excited. Yeah, I think he's kind of just a goober. I think he's a giant nerd. I kind of love it. And he shows off one really cool thing that apparently will let them walk through walls? It's called a demoleculizer, and I'm like, who gave them this? Uh, uh, Coda Torta, he said. Why? It's so a special. Kitty pr- 
So you can kitty pride your... It's a special tool Ooh. that'll help us later. <laughs> I, I guarantee it's going to come up next episode. Because Brandon makes things go boom. Oh, no, th- that's different from this. I Not according to four kids. I'm, I will fully admit that I didn't get to the end of the four kids episode because I was working. Don't worry, I did about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> oh, also, we have a proper name for this <laughs> ship. It's called the Owl. For a second, I thought that Brandon's voice actor read the term AI as just Al. <laughs> Timmy, show him what the AI can do. Uh, nope, it's the Owl. Owl is written on the side of their ship. Uh, I, I wonder if all the Bread Fountain uh, vehicles are named after birds. I have a question. Would that mean that Saladin's uh, is the uh, Red Fountain Red Falcon? I thought you were going to say if, uh, if you could look at the bikes and say nice tits. That's a really funny bird joke and you know it. I, I do like those boobies. <laughs> Actually, if if I was going to give the bikes, like, a bird name, I'd probably call them, like, the Shrikes. Something small and fast. The Cardinals. No, they'll they're get also, sued. They're also clergymen. They're also they're contracted also- to the city of St. Louis. <laughs> so, uh, Timmy floors it. And Brandon boasts that the owl runs on 18 dragon power. Ugh. And then Aisha tells them that they are going the wrong way, so Timmy pulls a Yui. Uh, guys, the Dark Fortress would be that way. Yeah. Uh, Tecna is monitoring the whole thing on her laptop, which is, like, it looks like one of those stupid little plastic laptops that had a bunch of mini games loaded into them. You remember those. Oh, yeah, they had the loudest little speaker ever. It made boop, 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 boop. Uh, and... Beep, boop, 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 boop. That's Mr. Krabs' final smash in the new uh, Nickelodeon Smash Bros. game. It's is like it really? the no. Oh, it, it better be. No, but it should be like Luigi taking you to the negative zone, but as Mr. Krabs takes you to the bee boo boo bop boo boo bop zone. These claws ain't just for attracting mates. That better be his taunt. <laughs> Disclaimer: My audacity stopped recording here for like a few minutes so there's gonna be some moments where tess has to cut around like funny uh one-liners that i said and that uh we joked back and forth about so please excuse this paragraph i'm actually uh, I, I might just read it out the owl lowers down into a canyon where aisha points out the river she followed to escape from the underdark in episode one Inside the cave system it's connected to are old mining tunnels that they can follow to reach Darkar's castle. Timmy navigates another spacious cave and lets them know that there's not enough solid ground at this level to fully land, and they'll need to get out of the owl while it's airborne. Sky throws down a rope line and trails down it easily enough, whereas Stella nearly falls out of her plane, and... her plane... Whereas Stella nearly falls out of the plane and drops her compact along the way. The rest of the party falls without incident, and Aisha leads them into the tunnel network. Unfortunately, this means Tecna loses video feed at the school, but she reassures Musa and Flora that they should be able to keep them geotagged for tracking purposes, because Tecna is apparently the government. 
I was surprised that geotagged geotagged is actually used as a word and I did not know it existed as early as 2005. But I guess it It must have been used exclusively in a scientific sense. Like, you know, we've tagged for migratory purposes. Oh, no. Did she ear chip them? (laughs) (laughs) Like a f***ing cow. So as the party goes throughout the caves, Stella is getting fed up with not having a flashlight. Because she's all the way at the back of it. And, like, she complains that they should give her a flashlight because she's all the way behind... Maybe if you kept up, Stella, this would uh, happen. You move your weak little royal ankles. Uh, but then Stella slips and eats dirt. <laughs> and uh, she gets so mad she transforms. Oh, yeah, that was... <laughs> Which, I guess we... I, I guess? Okay. There was no real reason for her to, but she does. And we get the solo version of the transformation theme for her. Well, the... The reason is because she wants light, and she is fairy of light, so she's going to do exactly what Zordon says not to do, and uses her power for personal gain. Like her like her ring doesn't just have a flashlight built into it. Or her phone doesn't just have a flashlight built into it. Actually, it probably didn't. It's 2005. Ha! <laughs> so she does use her scepter to light up. Unfortunately, this means that they are now literally a beacon in the darkness for all the shadow monsters. Great. Stella, you have horrible survivalist skills. So the they hear some, like, monster growls and screeches from other parts of the mines, and they try to run deeper in, but are stopped by a lockstep of steel doors that Aisha claims weren't there before. Oh no, we should have brought Riven. <laughs> Does anybody have proficiency with thieves tools well it looks like we don't need it because um sky brings out riven's lockpick and and brandon just goes boring i'm gonna blow it up yeah brandon has a remote detonator for some reason stella tries to blast down the gate but it absorbs her magic uh so the boys decide to use their lightsabers the lightsabers don't work and that's when brandon decides to blow it open uh, three of the long neck type shadow monsters crawl out of the caves. Oh, and no. There's like a brief cut to Althea for Riven and Timmy to meet up with the rest of the Winks. I don't know why this is here. This could have happened. Th- this scene didn't need to happen. It's very short, very brief, and doesn't really communicate much other than that Riven and Timmy are now at Althea. I really like Timmy's hoodie. Yeah, the boys have decent civilian outfits. And I don't think Riven wears his Union Jack look anymore. Or does that happen this season and he wore his crop top hoodie last season? I forget. I don't know, nor do I care, because it's Riven. We do a quick commercial break and come right back to find the Shadow Monsters closing in on the adventuring party. Oh yeah, Sky offers Brandon a lockpick Riven lent to them. But Brandon doesn't have proficiency with thieves tools after all and decides to blow up the door. So, (laughs) we skipped over the- I did not know- I forgot this was in the scene. Uh, It was- it it was in the direct flow of action. We were just dragged away from it for like five seconds for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, never mind that an explosion, like, oh, I don't know, loud noises, could cause a friggin' cave-in. 
He asks the girls to buy him some time, and Aisha tells Bloom it's time to transform. Let's all transform! You mean you're a- Of course I am! Yeah, the delivery is wild. Aisha's transformation sequence for the moment is a really simple one where she turns around, her current outfit transforms into her fairy form. The transformation theme doubles as battle music this time, with Sky joining in on the encounter to get some XP. Unfortunately, Bloom's fire powers don't seem to work on the Shadow Beasts, but Stella is able to outright vaporize the first wave with a blast of sunlight. Here's the thing. In my mind, she was just going to blind them to have someone else fight them. Like, they don't have eyes, you can't blind them. Oh, they melted. Yeah, yeah, she's light, there's shadow. She has the type advantage. Fairy is super effective against dark type. (laughs) Is that the inspiration? I highly doubt it. Anyway, the door's open now. It weighed kaboom. They're good. But there's more shadow monsters on the way. Everyone runs into the gate and the boys manage to wedge it shut. Brandon pulling out a laser bowie knife and just stabbing him in the leg. Yeah, they do the monster movie thing where like one of them shoves an arm through and Brandon just stabs it. Aisha uh, uses her control over liquids to seal the door shut with magic glue. Did this really bother you? <sighs> Slime, glue, and ooze. So, club kids, here's the thing we have to get out of the way. Aisha is the fairy of liquids. Now, she is called the fairy of waves in the updated dub, but she is very technically the fairy of liquids. Not just water, all liquids. Unfortunately, because water is blue uh, in animation and can be hard to keep track of i guess they decided they needed to give her something more distinctive so that you could see her powers working better it almost looks like bubble gum yeah aisha is the fairy of slime she just Uh. she can just like make constructs out of this pink goo because it's more visually it pops she adds some reinforcing beams for insurance, but this drains her mana and causes her to revert back to civilian form. Sky congratulates her on a job well done, and the team books it deeper in the mines. And now, like Aisha, the girls should conserve their energy by detransforming, and okay, they're just gonna keep going. Uh, Aisha realizes at at some point that they have been walking for way too long, and uh, after some prodding by Brandon mentions that they should have reached a a, a specific landmark by this point. This is interrupted by Bloom and Stella's transformations breaking, uh, because they have been transformed for over an hour, apparently, and Aisha explains that they need to, uh, I have a joke here that they need to take a short rest before they can use the ability again. Uh, What she says is that they need to conserve their magic for the time being. But Brendan... They can't rest. There are monsters nearby. That's the rub, ain't it? <laughs> uh, the other bad thing is they are now deep enough in the caves that Darkar can spy on them. So he sends the tricks to deal with the gate crashers. Funnily enough, this doesn't pay off this episode. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he tells the tricks to go deal with them, and then they don't show up before the episode ends, so I guess they'll show up close to the end of next episode to cause problems. Because <laughs> the tricks still don't really know their way around, so they're just lost right now. They're in a The Descent. It's fine. 
How many stalagmites are there in this cave system? Actually, those are stalactites. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up, Stormy. So, uh, the team finally found the crystals that Aisha mentioned, uh, but they are now at a fork in the road. And Aisha tells them that they are going to need to manually check the fork to see which way is right. Unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately, apparently all the tunnels lead to the same place, which is this, like, big hole. I've seen bigger. Was this a volcano? I mean... It's a fantasy cave dungeon, but because like it all does volcanoes look- have like those volcanic caves that like go out and all meet in one spot. If Gem and the Holograms taught me anything, it also taught me you can be five inches away from lava and be fine. The tricks are in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's this like big tunnel with a bunch of like ledges that all just like go down. So, in my mind, the logical next step is you're probably going to have to climb down that. Well, funny you should ask. So, like, Brandon ends up on a ledge below them because he went to check the other, one of the other tunnels. And uh, when he tells them that it looks like all of the tunnels converge in this point, that is when some shadow monsters come up behind him. Oh, no. So Aisha flies in to rescue him, but the shadow- Come on, Brendan! This was not on purpose, I promise. (laughs) But the shadow beast super spit glues her to the wall. I hate you. Stella and Bloom try to transform and join the fight, but because they're still, you know, low on power, they can't transform. Brandon tries to attack one of the monsters with his claymore, but he hits the ground too hard, causing the rock platform they're standing on to collapse, sending him and the monster both plummeting to their doom. And Stella pulls a climax in Hercules and swan dives into the pit of souls to try and save him. So Bloom is just left sitting there screaming and sobbing as Stella and Brandon plummet into the void. So that was season two, episode three. <laughs> I've heard of cliffhangers, but not cliff plungers. They had to make up for the really crappy last ending. Uh, any particular highlights for this episode for you? Um, the name Shadow Haunt rules. Yeah, that's the... Uh, for the audience, that is the castle itself is called Shadowhaunt. That sounds like a D&D location. That's why I call this place the Underdark. It's not the Underdark? It is technically called the Underrealm. But under I called it the under Underdark as a joke. Because that is what you call the, you know, the fact that the world is built on a system of dungeons. Uh, those cave systems where, like, the drow and stuff live are called the Underdark. They chose the build directly on Satan route. Well, it worked for Buffy. A couple of things in 4Kids that I wasn't able to talk about at the time. Tecna in 4Kids, apparently they were able to transfer Wink's magic to the girls. But because they lost their tracking, that's why they were worried and went to go tell Farragonda. It's also, the power of friendship. They don't gotta explain it. Also, in the um, 
in that exact same scene, Flora does not have eyebrows. <laughs> like she's she's holding Kiko. By the way, Kiko's here, and she just straight up no eyebrows. She needs to draw them on sometimes, okay? Dark horse still looks really cool. Just the best villain design in Winx Club. I'm gonna put my foot down and say Darkar has the best villain design in Winx Club. Kind of like how I was, while I was watching Power Rangers Dino Charge, I was convinced that Heckle and Snide would be one of the best sets of villains in Power Rangers, and I think I was right. Just because they had rockin' designs? They had rockin' designs, I wanna cosplay Heckle, and also the fact that Heckle was able to kind of infiltrate their friend group. Yeah, he's just a steampunk twink. I'm sorry, you said your name was Heckle? Is that European? Sure. Yes. <laughs> I liked this episode. I did too. Um, I really liked the scene where Farragonda explains that Sometimes you're not the right person for the situation, but there is always going to be a situation that you're better suited for than other people. You might not be the right person for this situation, but that does not mean you are not the right person. That was worded weird. (laughs) But that doesn't mean you're less valuable than anyone else. Yeah. So that brings us to uh, the end of our episode. I did plug this a little bit further, but... Or a little bit earlier... But if you liked what you heard and you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can reach out to us at MagicWinksPod. You can email us at MagicWinksClubhouse at gmail.com. That is the name of this podcast, at gmail.com. If you want to follow me, Brendan, uh, who only posts about... uh, I only post about my tabletop game, and that is having its grand finale in two weeks. Uh, So tune in for the epic finale of Contract Riders. Oh, wait, you can't. We forgot to make this a podcast. Even though it seems like people really wish it was. Uh, you can follow me at Sonata Waves. S-O-N-H-E-A-W-A-V-E-S. Uh, you can follow me, Tess, on Twitter at Pocky Slice, where I am utterly convinced that me trying to sign into the PlayStation Network caused the PSN crash today. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, uh, Pocky like a delicious Japanese snack. Slice as in slicing off the ledge you're standing on, sending you hurtling to your doom. Leap to our doom. (laughs) Catch us next time where we go into season two, episode four. The Princess Amentia. That sounds like a health supplement. Yeah, kinda. Until next time. (laughs) Meeting adjourned. What happened? I left my I left my water out. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, now I've been left alone with my own thoughts.